Yes, I'm no. trying to remember that movie. I think I might have a CDR or a DVDR of it. I'll let you borrow it. All right. I have uh, the only DVDRs I have. I have one of the best of Kay Parker <laughs> and the one of... Oh, no, I guess I have three because they had to buy them in a set of three. So I've got a Kay Parker, I've got a Teenage Christy Canyon, and I have a Lisa DeLeu. Okay. The redhead. Yes. From Rockford. Um, do you know any of that? No, it's porn people. <laughs> yes, they are. Hey, let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular, names from all over the country, former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern Gagne, Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations. Again, we're in season four, guys. This is awesome. Brought to you by our good friends at All the Gimmicks and, of course, wherever you get your, uh, I almost said your iPods from, wherever you get your Season four. Podcast. A new hope. Yes. Uh, I'm your co-host, Jay Yoke, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from stumpy to an actual serving local sheriff uh he is a wrestler a manager a commentator and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who this last summer went camping quite a bit uh with 20 years of experience he is a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge ladies gentlemen children of all ages i'm speaking of the one the only the incomparable Derek st holmes esquire what's up we got out five times this summer yes one was a shit show. Four of which were marred by thunderstorms. Okay. Yeah, one was a major shit show. Oh, God. Oh, that's right. I was going to talk about that on the podcast at one time. So long story short, <laughs> after being rained out of our campsite, we go, we check in at the hotel, uh, the motel that, you know, Yeah. the rooms were big enough for the beds, but it was, it was like heaven to me. Anyway, go back down to the where my family is camping. Where the people that have stayed have been drinking since, you know, 2, 3 o'clock, you know. So yeah, they're, right. they're working good. Uh, we go to leave the campsite when my car won't start. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, jump to the end. Uh, it was the battery because the oppressive heat, had, you know, was an old battery. Bubble. Right, right. But my car didn't start. And I had just enough time to say, oh, my car didn't start. Before I was surrounded by like a dozen of my relatives that had been drinking for the last seven hours, all of them wanting to help me and all of them the knowing the best way to do it. Of course. So I love my family. I love every member of my family. But just at right at that moment, it was rather overwhelming. I believe it. Yes. That's pretty great. Uh, I remember you telling me that story when we went out to celebrate my birthday. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, Derek's... Uh, girlfriend, <laughs> lovely girlfriend, Andy. lovely girlfriend. By the way, she made me Russian nesting dolls of a bunch of the different Mondo Lucha wrestlers. That's right. You uh, you posted the picture. You should put that on the. Website I will for sure. It was great. Uh, it was fantastic, and it really 
was touching because that's the nicest thing uh, anybody related with uh, Derek has ever done for me. Oh, I'm going to tell her that. She'll really enjoy that. Right. I was basically trying to shit on you and say you've never done anything nice for me. That's true. True. Hey. um, Hey, I tried to pay for your drinks that one night when we ate for free. (laughs) Yes, that's true, too. Um, So... so uh, tell me, uh, police officer, a real working sheriff? Yes, yes, this is a working sheriff. This was a uh, in a little town called Warren, Illinois, which is almost, almost on the other side, almost to the Mississippi River. I thought you were going to say it was almost all white. I don't know why, I'm just, I thought that was coming out of your mouth. Anyway, um, the original show we were at was a fundraiser for the community center okay. in Warren. Got to get him a new basketball hoop? Something like that. Great. Uh, so Stumpy is like uh, actually from the area, so he's the you know local hero. So he and I were in the main event, and I watched all the other matches that went on. Oh, a standout! I do want to point out a standout of the day was the Wanderer Alex Riley. Yes, with his very random gimmick. Uh, <laughs> won won my award for uh, most heart. When uh, we were set up in like a little downtown, almost amphitheater slash bandshell area. So there was a long ramp for wheelchairs and such like that. Uh, Riley and his opponent brawled up to the top of this hill, whereupon Riley was inserted into a trash can, allowed his opponent to put it on the side, and kick him down that hill. So he rolled in the trash can all the way down. I could vomit just thinking about yes, that. Yes, so my hat's off to him for that. Good for him. That's awesome. Good dude, by the way. Aw- yes. Actually, very nice guy. Awesome guy. Yes. Love Alex Riley. Um, so we go off for the main event, and I, of course, grab the mic and calm the people down and state how Warren is, uh, I found it to be a perfectly lovely place. The people are friendly. The shopkeepers are well-stocked. You know, just nice. a very... Reel them in. Yeah, and I really, really just want to set down roots here. So what I was going to do was take the winnings from my match and bulldoze the community center to the ground and build a set of condos so we can attract a nicer class of people it. here and none of you will be able to afford it. Boo! Ah. You're like, gentrification! Yes. So Stumpy and I have our match. Now, we set this up in the beginning where he wanted to work a little bit with the the sheriff of the area, uh, Kirk Robb, who was also one of the promoters. Okay. Um, he originally said, uh, I want you to do a bit where like you kind of face off and then he gives you a hip toss. I'm like, okay, but I'm going to want to talk to him ahead of time. So we're talking through it and I can see he's kind of, you know, something he's not used to. So I'm like, okay, do you have any sort of takedown that you would do as part of your law enforcement? He could do. And he had a little like, not so much like the rocks you're Nagi, but it was a, he would pass your hand and like, push you in the chest and foot sweep you at the same time. Sure. You know, put you down. You know, like you've seen cops. Yes, absolutely. So I'm like, great, this will work great. So end of the match happens. Stumpy beats me, but we get in the ring. We're getting ready to rip him, uh, whip him with a belt. Suddenly the sheriff comes in the ring. I'm in the corner. I'm facing him up. I go marching into him. Hey, you can't do that. Boom, he takes me down. Big pop. I roll out. We set up the match. And to his credit... Uh, the sheriff did listen because we were able to do the bit as we were leaving where I got up on the apron, he came at me, and then I was able to drop down so I could put that little bit of cowardice like I was yes, afraid right. of them to build the matchup and everything like that. What I find out later is that Stumpy tells me he didn't smarten up the, the rest of the police force and everything there, 
And when I was marching towards this guy with my hand up, I was this close to being jumped and handcuffed and arrested for assaulting a police officer. It would have been better. Almost. That would have been amazing. Yes, but I still don't want my arm touching the back of my head like when they put you in cuffs. No, I think they would have been able to. They would have did something. And then this is building up a match to the end of this month. And by the way, that's 2019 this happened in with a bunch of police officers that thought what was happening was 100% real in a wrestling ring. And what was this uh, town again, can we say? Warren, Illinois. If you drive through Warren, Illinois. And please do on September 28th so you can buy tickets to see... Derek St. Holmes and his manager Zishi going up against Stumpy and Sheriff Kirk Robb. But um, mind your P's and Q's. I'm Don't cause punch, any trouble. I'm going to punch me some pork. Hey, could I come with to that show? If you'd like. You don't mind if I hey, ride with you? Hey, you could even drive if you wanted. No. You oh, could okay. probably ref. Could I? Oh, zing. Zing. You're not roughing that one. Um, But uh, it sounds like it would be a fun show. Sure, we'll talk. Maybe It's, that'd it's be a fun. Friday, though. That's all right. Okay. I usually run my shows on Fridays. I'm just letting you know. Okay. How far of a drive is it? Uh, two and a half. What time do you leave? I I really haven't put pencil to paper yet. We'll figure it out. Like, would you leave before four o'clock? Probably. Well, I I can. T- can we talk about this later? I mean, we can. <laughs> I'm just I, I I know the logistics. I'm we just got to figure interest it out. on it. But sure, that'd be great. Oh sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just throw it out there and be like, hey, don't forget, I'm doing that show, and then I'll yes. be like, what were you talking about? So that sounds see, awesome. You're going to see me arrested. So you uh, Ooh, had a referee, or not a referee, you had an actual sheriff do a finishing move on you. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a takedown. There's a good, uh, there's a picture of, of my shitty bump on Facebook. Of course. But it was funny because I could tell the way he did it, there was a very no-nonsense way of getting it done, but the way you get yourself around that is you're already moving by the time they touch you. Right. So, Oh, makes sense. Boom. Uh, down, so so good. Up. Hey, today we're talking about finishers. I figure oh, boy, I would like we to... Well, no. If he gets in for offense, I would like to work a lot of stuff like, well, just go like you're trying to put me in cuffs because that puts me into a hammer lock. Okay. So, and then what do you do from there? I, we'll figure it out. You can't... Uh, you can teach him how to... Um, how to lighten up and not kill me? Exactly. Yes, I hope so. You would do that. I think... Uh, He'd get too excited and would end up hurting you. We'll see. Okay. Well, I'm just... Good for business. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, again, what, you know what's good for business? Uh, what's that? Finishing moves. Finishing moves. Today we're talking about finishing moves. We're putting the finishing touches on an episode about finishing moves. I like to make Kyle laugh. Yes, yeah, so do I. Um, so, uh, how do you feel about finishing moves? <laughs> <laughs> Derek, what's your philosophy on finishing moves? Uh, well, it's very difficult to establish one now. Yeah. Simply because uh, shows are very loosely booked, so there are no moves that are protected. Sure. Uh, used to be every wrestler would have their finisher, and then nobody else on the card would do that. Right. Uh, and now the goal is to hit every finisher 30 times and kick out of it. Well, e- yes. The goal is to hit every finisher and kick out of it because you're trying to establish that each finish could be the end. Yes. But after a certain point, it gets silly. And if you have to kick out of everything, there's no finishing holds. Right. We're going to jump right into my theory of two out of three fall matches. Okay. Two out of three fall matches protect finishing holds. Because you can drop a whole, you can drop a fall to a finish, 
then that will condition people to know it's a finish. Then you can use it as a false finish. Gotcha. Whereas right now it seems to be, oh, we just have to do these big flashy moves. And, and sorry, I don't want to get into modern wrestling. No, it sucks. That's but, all right. but I do feel this is an issue that needs to somehow be addressed. Like Stan Hansen's lariat, there was always a pin after the lariat. Right. He would, you know, he wouldn't use it as a falsy. Can you protect? You can do that for your own move, but it's hard to tell nobody else on the card. Don't do this move unless right. you've got the cooperation of the booker to do that. Sure. Oh no, that makes sense. Now there are several types of fin- finishers. I'm taking this from my friend Rocco's article in Clawhold. Yes, where there's... the rumination of the finisher is what the... that article was called. Ooh, yes. I was gonna. I was looking for that episode, or that issue of Clawhold today. As a matter I of fact, where mine is. Oh. Totally unrelated. In the pile of wrestling memorabilia that, yes. I, that I received. Uh, it's Last mi- episode. It's missing the first issue, but it has issues 2 through 12 of the original Farmer Burns Learn to Wrestle series. Oh, that's cool. This is the series that was reprinted by Matt Fury and put yes. out. <clears throat> and then there was some $600 DVD set that he put out with it where he's doing exercise taken out of the book. Oh, that's Matt, pretty great. Matt Fury, master at marketing. Very cool. Anyway, we're talking about finishers. Yeah, so we're talking about finishers, and again, there was the article that was written in Clawhold. Yes. Where they talk about the rumination of finishers, and one of the big ones that he brings up in that, if I'm remembering correctly, is, uh, especially, like, we always try to look back, or I try to think back, and, like, when did it start to become the thing to kick out of finishers? And I think you can almost kind of trace it back to the uh, female Japanese wrestlers was a big one. Yes, and I recall such local luminaries as Sonny Rogers Yes, uh, watching women's Japanese wrestling saying, okay, this is going to kill the business because everybody's picking out. Now, let's look at the uh, evolution of that generation of Japanese wrestling. Yeah. That was originally promoted as a separate entity. Right. By, I believe, I want to say the Matsunaga brothers, but you're going to have to look that up. Sure. I'm just trying to quote Meltzer here, who recently was in Chicago for AEW, who I would love to just shake his hand one time and say, hey, thank you for your newsletter. But I would be so afraid to approach him at an AAW show, knowing all of the nerds that are around him. Right. Just like, hey. But I can also say, hey, I've been a been a subscriber since you know ninety five. So I uh, uh, when I I'm one of the few that still get print, and I have your mom's phone number in my phone. Fun. When I, is that like a diss? Like a is that like are you ripping on him? No, I had problems with my. Subscription? Yes, and his mother was the one that Mrs. Meltzer, it. your son's uh, subscription she, she isn't has, working. No, no, no. Um, my money didn't go through one time on PayPal. I'm telling your so, mom. Sorry. She was a very nice lady. I'm yes. sure, yeah, he does have... Uh, I, I believe me. she's uh, since passed away, which... Was a nice lady. Yeah. And which, I love that you have it listed as Dave Meltzer's mom. Yes. That's pretty fantastic. So, Jay... After this podcast, don't ever try to shake Dave's hand. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I'm just, but you understand where I get what you're where saying. Where it's hard, not not that I, <laughs> I know I make fun of you for liking Star Wars better than anyone else. That's Kyle, not but, me. But uh, it it would just be hard to like stand out from the crowd and say, hey, you know, like what, like right, hi Carrie Fisher. Well, she's dead too. But hi. I'm the biggest Star Wars fan. She's yes. like, right. You and five gazillion yes. other people. So I, I would rather somebody else say, hey, you have to meet, you know, right. tell him. It's you not have like Jay Doherty going up to Magnum TA and saying, I'm your biggest fan. Like, that's, right? Yes. That's kind of what I figured. 
God, I wish that would happen. Wouldn't that be great? Um, I've recently discovered when I was getting my classroom ready for the school year, I was on YouTube listening to Dave Meltzer and Ole Anderson go at it. Oh, really? And that was pretty fantastic because Ole just kept saying, well, you know everything, so you can just keep talking. You seem to know everything. Apparently, you were there. I was there, but apparently you were there because you know it all. Yeah. And then Dave would go, no, but – and then Dave would fill in his facts. And then Ole would be like, yeah, oh, you're the smartest guy. You're the smartest guy I ever met. It's pretty great. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think how to like put afraid this. that Ole's going to get you? No, actually, you just brought up Mr. Doherty who has confided to me that he met Oli at one of these fan festivals. Yeah. And he said, as long as you approach him, like, in in deference, like, you don't, you're not an asshole, and look at him, that he was very gracious. And well, who's, who's going to be an asshole walking up to him? Let me tell you what, Oli Anderson. Any number of smart marks. That, I guess. That's the... I, I remember watching in, like, the early generations of, like, shoot videos or whatever, somebody had a camcorder at one of the CACs or something like yeah. that. And I just, I recall one spot where these guys were mouthing off and like they go up to the crusher and like, hey, crusher, when did Vern tell you wrestling was fake? And just the look on crusher's face was like, who are these jerks? But he also knew he couldn't right. just punch them all out at the time. And it was just like, why are you guys, why are you guys hassling this old man? Right. No shit. You know, you think you're smarter than the business, but yet you're the ones that went there. Speaking of smart marks, smart marks? Smart marks, that guy. Smart marks that have that helmet with yes, the brush on it. That fucking guy is still at my gym. Every oh, the, day. the every day again. God damn it! That fucking guy. Which guy again? That guy is always wearing the elite hat, and then he's always wearing like a Young Bucks T-shirt. And then I was like, "You think you're the coolest guy in the room?" And then one day he wore a Batista shirt, unironically. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So, so after the. Uh... He's an animal, Jay. Yeah, fuck that guy, though. Seriously. After, after the series finale uh, that occurred on Wednesday, just don't, yes, just, don't just worry. leave it a mystery. The series finale that occurred on Wednesday, uh, one of the friends on my Chicago Bitch thread was also a fan, so I just said that the episode was very unsatisfying, and they made reference to a second season that hasn't been signed yet. Somebody else clues in, are you talking about AEW? And all I said was, at least AEW had a parry. Ooh, ouch. Ouch, yes. That's a real, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's, I a, didn't know that's that you, a 90210. I didn't know you watched Big Bang Theory. Ha <laughs> ha! That show too, let me fucking tell you. Anyhow, back to finishers. What was Ole Anderson's finisher? Go. Uh, They always work the arm over until the guy submitted. They're very good. But I don't know if he had a, a basic finisher. It was just working the arm over. It was over. just always working that yeah. stuff over. I think we're in a weird renaissance where I think... A solid submission move would really, really go over because finishers have been kind of killed. But it has to be a good-looking finisher, and they have to like submit quickly, not this like holding out type. Yeah, bullshit. yeah, that's how they killed the figure four leg lock, right? Because now everybody passes out from it, or right. nobody submits, right? Um, a, I think it would be hard to get a submission finisher over right now because of uh, MMA, so people know what real finishers look like. Right. So it would have to be a variation of something off of that. But that's what I'm saying, like a variation, like but it would have to be Undertaker's, quick. The Undertaker's granny at yoga. Right. Trying to do whatever he was. Right, exactly. I think he was going for an omoplata. And it, uh, I thought it was called a Google Plata. I'm not sure if it was one of those. It's one of them that yeah, like, depends upon where like the shin bone is across your throat or shin however... Bone. 
Shin bones, throat bone, throat bone. <laughs> Not um, at all. So you have okay. Any finisher can get over if the booker wants it stressed and if it's booked correctly. Case in point: Umaga's Asian spike. Yes, I remember reading when that came. Like Triple H just asked him, "Like, what do you want your finisher to be? We'll get anything over." And for a joke, he said the spike. It's like, okay, let's get it done. So all that needs is cooperation and consistent tor- storytelling to get something right. over. The other problem is, and this is, I think Rocco covered this in the book, that somebody can see a tape of a protected finisher and do that on some indie show the next night for a high spot. Yeah, right. Boom, that's just killed that finisher because now people see that other people can get out of it. Right. I personally always subscribe to the theory that somebody that used a move as a finisher had refined it better than somebody that didn't have it as a finisher. So they should kick out of somebody else's deal. Right. But right. not this person's if, deal. If Jake the Snake is the master of the DDT, if somebody else does a DDT, not as effective because Jake had perfected the DDT. Yes. Right. Which I understand was the pendulum sweep of the left leg. And that was that. Wasn't it? And I always thought, and again, it's probably a million people know this. Wasn't it too? It was originally an accident. I thought uh, that's like, the story. That that's... he like someone stepped on his boot or his pant leg or whatever, and he fell backwards and knocked a dude out. Yes, that was the grappler, and grappler tells the story in his book. Yeah, um, were but there... there's also like you can find footage of other people doing that move ahead of time, where it was just called like like in Southwest. I want to say somebody did it. It was just like oh, dreaded face lock takedown or something like that. Right. So which that's is kind all of in like, the framing of the. Which is funny you say that because that's very similar to. The um, uh, I forget his, the the name of the uh, serial killer that was just recently caught, and for all those years they didn't catch him because he didn't have a flashy enough name. Did you know about this? No. There was the uh, and it's Pat Oswald's wife wrote the book like she did a true crime book about it, and actually they used like Twenty Three and Me to find the guy. Oh um, yes, uh, Golden State like the Golden State Killer, the Golden yeah. State Rapist, or whatever it was. But before. Like, he went all those years, one of the things they say in the book is they went all those years without people really latching onto it and, like, connecting with it because they never gave it a good enough name that had punch to it. So that kind of goes to that point. If someone's like, oh, it's a front face, takedown, snap, whatever, it just doesn't have any kind of ring. Jake comes along, does the move, calls it the DDT, and people are just like, fuck. Yes, because I remember remember when that was like, that was... What does DDT mean? The The end. end. Just like that. And you're like, yes, that's why it's great. That's why it's fantastic. So the DDT would fall into the category of finishers that can come out of nowhere. Right. Like uh, Dallas Page's deal, Randy Orton's deal. like Magnum TA's uh, belly to belly. Yes, these were finishers that could happen at any time and didn't really require uh, a buildup. Right. You know, So that was kind of neat. And then you contrast that with something like the figure four leg lock where you can work the leg or uh, any number of arm submissions where you can work over the arm. You know, you can tell the story to get to that. And then the story of the match becomes trying to get this hold, the victim getting out of it. Right. So you can break that down further into percussive moves that require an impact. Break that down further. You know, is the victor giving the impact or is the victim taking an impact? Right. Um, what do you think is just like, I mean, let's cut to the chase. Like, what's a terrible finishing move? And I'm not talking about now. Like, when we watched wrestling younger, 70s, 80s, 
what was a move? I mean, I think the obvious would be like you look at the Hogan leg drop, and it was just like, eh. You just knew it was the end. Or yeah, whatever you were. It, it worked in that. I think the Hogan leg drop lost me with the setup of all the moves leading up to like the boot and the and the slam and uh, you know what I'm saying like yeah, there was you like you were the, also too cool for school no I wasn't I was yes, like yes, it was, was young I was young and I'm just like up oh, here it goes like it was so telegraphed like the series yeah but Hogan's whole matches were telegraphed okay I mean, well see now who's too cool for school I didn't I couldn't pick that up until you just told me right now then you weren't watching okay um other or other moves that you saw like great uh Mr. Wrestling 2 the knee lift Never bought it. Really? Never bought it. Okay. Even him breaking the sack of grain, which is one of my favorite videos. Again, yes. Kyle, by the way, watch that. You got to hit it in the right spot, kid. Um, Incidentally. Yes. I don't know how you would pull it off, but I think there are parts of my gym that would be great for the for a promo featuring the heavyweight champion of a local federation. Okay. We'd have to figure it out. Cool. That's all I'm saying. That we can, uh, we'll look there's into kettlebells this. Kettlebells and there's a sauna. Oh, it's perfect. Yes. Um, the likewise to that point. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So I'm, yeah. So I'm just saying. So like, there are moves that I always was like, oh well, well that was kind of lame. Like, uh, also case in point, and I know he used it more in the '90s than anything else. I always thought Terry Funk's spinning toehold uh-huh. looked horrible. Yes. Uh, the toehold looked horrible, but that was supposed to reckon back to cattle roping. Okay. You know, that, that's where the whole thing of that came from. Uh, the promotion I thought, the hold I thought was really bad, and I couldn't believe Sergeant Slaughter started using it, was Blackjack Lanza and his Atomic Noogie. Or yes. I guess he called it the Texas Brain Buster yes. at the time. Right. But that was kind of like, eh, okay, but now you look at it and you're like, oh, that's that's not good. Right. Uh, and then and you that, get then you get even further frustrated when you look back at when Lanza used the claw because he had the glove and the way he would work that gimmick was amazing. Yeah, no, and I uh, claw was one I found believable, I guess. Yeah, because it hurt when your friends put it on you, right? Because it grabbed your temple, right? They would do the off. temple, but then it never explained why they would start bleeding out of their forehead if they ever applied it. No, like see, that. I never actually saw that on TV. I only heard about it. Yeah. But but I think that too also sometimes lended it to like the heel did the claw yeah. and then the baby had the then that would be busted open from it so that became that much yeah, of but a then scary it be situation. A right. Yeah. Uh let's see what other finishers are really bad out there. You know what I loved? Uh oh, I'm I, sorry, I, we could talk about bad more, but I was going to say He doesn't want your bad finishers, he wants his. No, no, my I don't have it. That's the only bad one I had. No, uh, uh, what do you think of the uh, um, the drop kick, the double drop kick? Uh, whose who's was better? Was it the High Flyers or the Rock and Roll Express? I don't recall the High Flyers doing it. Didn't they do a double drop kick? No, sir. That was just Jim Brunzel's drop kick. Oh, it was just him having Ganya had his own drop kick, but I don't know that they ever did it in tandem. Oh, I thought they did some uh, in tandem. Well, no, because if you look at the drop kicks, like Brunzel did the jump up drop kick and then worm your way down onto your chest yes but ganya's like their drop kick i always say that it went from like corner to corner because he would come in from one side and then it was more of like a forward roll okay you know so it was done in a different fashion but also took up a lot more space do you think that i always thought the sleeper was kind of a stupid one yeah well i think it got corrupted 
it got corrupted into a high spot. But that's one of the few moves that actually works. Explain how it got corrupted into a high spot. Uh, because everybody uses it to drop the three, and then the guy fights back, so nobody fight nobody gets put away with it. Exactly. The funny part about that is, is it's it's a legitimate hold. Right, and and it definitely, and that's what I'm and saying. To quote like, Dr. Jerry Graham: "The L.A. Police Department has killed many men with that hold, and that made that promotion lose TV." That's pretty great. Oh yeah, yeah, they the, didn't like that. And I think even now, it's almost like you think there could be a. Uh, come around to that with MMA yeah. because of the rear naked choke is such a like it's like we know what that looks well, like didn't now. Well, did Taz wasn't the Taz mission? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was like a rear naked yeah. choke. But he then... did a weird thing though, where it was like the back of his hand was resting against your throat, <laughs> and it never looked set. It never actually looked like it was doing anything. Just mm. like your arm was like up in the air, and the other, it was just not. I didn't. I never found that one to be particularly likable. That's fair. No, good enough. Was there any, uh, can you think of anyone like down south or anyone that was just like Well, I mean, Jimmy Valiant's elbow drop, like you knew that was the finisher. Would you say any elbow drop was kind of hokey-dokey? I mean, I think Dusty's actually No, Savage's was good. Oh, no, I don't mean top rope, but I mean just like you're looking at your Abby's, your uh, Dusty's, your stuff like that. I thought Abby's elbow drop looked okay because he only dropped one of them. Right. Boom. So that was okay. Dusty was Dusty. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Including working the right leg, which I've never understood. Again. Always bugs me. Pain in the ass. Bugs me. What? Um. What if you look back when you were a kid? What was your favorite uh, finishers? Oh, snooker. Just the splash. The yeah. Always a good get. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was a big deal. Came have you ever top. done a, a splash on the top rope? No, I have not. Would you ever? <sighs> Wouldn't be pretty. Yeah, that's true. You can get some real like. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, Angela was looking at a picture of um. Who's the Hispanic woman wrestler that was at Mondo? Uh, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. Uh, Kyle do- says she's great, by the way. Yes, I agree. yes, she was. She, she was, was very awesome. good. Uh, doing like the crossbody off the top. Yes. And I point out to Angela that she's got like the perfect form with her arms back and her legs bent, you know, just very arching in the air. And I said that if I had done it, it would resemble if you were driving down the highway and a semi had the door open. Yeah. And like a bag of flour or bag of grain were to tumble out of the back of it. Like, <laughs> yes. That's what I would look like. You'd look like the, the dummy rope. that Macaulay Culkin throws off the bridge in the movie The Good Son. Or yes. The, that yes. would be. Just, uh, <laughs> and I, I believe arms flailing. there's a story about Dusty Rhodes talking about winning the title from Harley or whatever, saying how. Baby, I'll come off that top rope. I'll look like an eagle just flying up there. Yeah, and, not great. And Dusty gets off the top, and it's just. it's. Again, like most of my career, it'll get you through, it'll tell the story, but it's not going to be pretty, and I'm more of a live act. Right. Uh, great, uh, recently passed away, uh, R.I.P. Harley Race. Yes. Um, were there? I feel like Harley Race was a guy who didn't necessarily have a finish, but he had a series of moves that he did really, really well and could have put you away with any of those moves. Yes. Would that, I mean, is that, uh, that that's accurate? That, that's be? very accurate. That's very accurate, but you also had the advantage of having squash matches back then, too. Yes. Squash matches help get finishes over. The problem is everybody wants to go 50-50. You can't allow that move to come out. Right. The only suggestion i would make is if a person were to say this is my finisher and the whole match is repeatedly going for that move yeah until you finally hit it at the end and then 
again, as with anything in wrestling, you have to get that story over two or three months before sure. it becomes ingrained in the people's mind, and then they know. Right. And then you can start using it as a fallacy, and you can start using it, because the people have to be conditioned to know this is the end before you can pull that rug out from underneath them. Right. How do you feel about, um, like, the setup of a finisher? Like, what's your philosophy on it, or your, like, do you like well, I can the... I tell you right now, it can't be too dancey, or else it looks like shit. Right, right. Sorry. Well, no, no, that's that's exactly what I want to get into. Uh, Kyle had a question? Kyle's a question. Too dancey? Too dancey, Kyle said. Well, you will see that in some matches that aren't, where guys don't have the right timing, where you see them, it's like the dance, where they're like, oh, got to get here, got to get here, got to get here, got to get here, instead of being able to flow into something. You know, like a finisher. Again, yes, it's a work, wrestling is art, but it, you know, it should look real, you shouldn't have to suspend your disbelief, there shouldn't be obvious cooperate i mean there's cooperation to get the match over as a spectacle but there can't be obvious cooperation to get case in point the referee holding a ladder right you know it's like hey, come on this isn't you know but could a referee hold would you be against a referee holding a ladder if the title was suspended above the ring and the ladder was rickety at that point don't you think that a referee should be holding because they can't or is it or what do you think sure I like the idea. I think it was Jericho I saw who did it where he yelled at the ref and said, hold the ladder. Like where the heel, the yeah. guy like kind of made the, and then the ref like came over and held it, which I mean at least, and he or did Sabu it. Sabu yelling at the ref, help me set up this table. Well, I don't know about, like that's yeah. a whole different. Yeah. Like that's like, that's. Um, but I mean, it's too dancey. You know, it has to be the, the, the move, the moves and the rhythm have to be smooth and they can't distract from the overall narrative. Right. It has to actually yeah. have its place in there. What uh, what finishers have you done? Uh, did the figure four a lot? I remember, uh, was it Ego Show? I forget a show I worked for Ego where I did the figure four on somebody. Yeah, and at that point I knew that like okay this finisher is outdated. Like because it was just like eh yeah like it didn't get a pop and you know the people had seen it and that made me feel kind of bad. Um, other than that, I did a, I've done a version of the brain buster. Um, I mean, my big joke for the finish is what do you use for your finish? Well, mostly my shoulders and my back. All right. Yeah. So that, but that is my problem Yes. where I never did develop that consistent finisher. So sure. uh, the bulldog is always good. You know, these are just moves I'd like to throw in. But, right. But it's the stuff you have that. Uh, like, just recently, I threw a uh, Death Valley driver that I'd never done before, and it looked okay. So I was happy with that. That was good. Yeah. Guy got light for you. Yeah, yeah, it was very light. Which is fantastic when yeah. you can work with a professional like yes. that. Yeah, it was. The um, through the eighties, was there uh, again as your childhood watching wrestling? Was there any moves, any finishing moves that you saw that you were like, like you couldn't figure out in the sense of like how did that not hurt the person? Uh, Orndorff's jumping pile driver is one. Yeah. So that that's very good. Uh, let's see what else would have hurt somebody. Well, any sort of anything coming off the top, like I couldn't figure out because you're still landing on the person. Right. No matter Obviously, what, you're still landing you can, on them. You can see the guy kind of put his elbows and his knees down, but if they're bigger than the space you create doing that, there's going to be some impact. Right. Right. So that was always And isn't dangerous. that, I think, why Snooka always looks so good? Because his stuff looked very snug. Uh, from what I understand, it was. Yeah, and that it was just like right. I mean, it was definitely a connection. That's why yeah. they could always show 
the snooker stuff in slow motion yes. from the top rope because he always worked really, really snug. Uh, I couldn't always figure... It took me a long time to figure out how the figure four leg lock worked. Yeah. And well, then, we've had this talk. Yes, yeah. So when No, I that. just... I, I agree. I just... Uh, I really do look back, though, and I'm just, like, so disappointed in, like, the spinning toehold. I'm sorry yes. to bring, come that back, bring that back up, but just with that figure four thing, it just, like... I didn't even know what they were. It's like people always piss and moan like when The Rock would do the sharpshooter and that looked like the drizzling shits. Oh, yeah, because he wouldn't lock it in. He wouldn't lock it in. Same with the the uh, spinning toe hold. Just like the guy was he was holding his leg and like holding his foot by like the pinching the ta- the, the front toe. Because Well, I think it ostensibly a spinning toe hold is supposed to put pressure on the ankle. Okay. So you're, you're grabbing the toe of the boot to put more torque on the ankle. Yeah. Which works if you're, you know, in... Obviously, you want to get as far away from the fulcrum as you can to put your force on and whatever like that. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think the spinning toe hold was taken on the right leg as well. Like, just, I feel, I want to say left. Uh, just go back and look, because I, I think it's both. I will agree that it doesn't look effective, but especially back in Amarillo, it was positioned as the killer move. Right. And again, anything will get over if you're consistent and you're serious and, and you don't crack a it. smile while you're doing something. Right. That's right. what'll get it over. Uh, thoughts on the Brody knee drop? <clears throat> oh, we've covered that. Looks good, but looks safe as hell. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Um, anything, nev- like, big difference between something looking bad and something looked like it didn't do anything at all. Uh, in the sense of, like we said, the, well, I mean, I guess the, the spinning toe hold looked bad and it looked like it wasn't doing anything at all. Were there any other finishers where you're like, I'm not understanding how that's putting, so- like, how that's doing any damage? Oh, boy. I wish I would have done work for this episode. Uh, that's, a, that's a familiar mantra. <laughs> uh, the abdominal stretch. Yes. Which was already phased out as a finisher by the time I started watching wrestling. Um, I always wondered how it hurt people, but then I also saw that they weren't really executing the hold the way it needs to be done. Sure. Like, I understand what they say about wrapping the toe around and stuff like that. Uh Favorite move about that, developed by French legionnaires to silently kill sentries. So That's awesome. Up behind them and snap their back. That's why Rene Goulet would use it and stuff like that. Sorry, Kyle, do you Whoa. look... Yeah, that was the story behind it. Kyle, shot. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, so that That's... that makes it a cool move. Yeah. Um, it seems like that would be long and loud. Like, if you're, like, sneaking up behind someone, then you're like... <laughs> and then they're like, ah, shit, my back. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, semi-related. Did I tell you about the ninja books I got from Half Price Books? <laughs> Let it rip. Okay. It was uh, written by Ashita Kim, so it's yeah. all bullshit. But I, I love it. In one series of pictures, he's shown how you secretly, how you silently walk behind a guard. So it's just like five pictures of him silently stepping walking. behind a guard. Did you ever see Kentucky Fried Movie? When oh, he's yeah. Walking behind the guard and knocking the shit over, and the guard just going like, I think I hear something. Yes. It's so good. Kentucky Fried Movie. Great movie. Um, you seen that? Let's see oh, what else good. looked bad. Um, let's see the camel clutch. Sheik always pulled it in. Uh, uh, who was it? Rocky Johnson used the sunset flip. Yeah, he? yeah, right. And again, I think. But a again, lot of that's more of a out. that's more of a confusion hold where right. like oh you're popping it out of nowhere. That um, 
Yeah, and then again, and another move that kind of like phased out. Like that's when that Sunset Flip was big in the seventies, like sixties, seventies. Right. By the time eighties rolled around, that was almost like a false. Again, seat. it's a high spot, right. which I think is a good thing to use as a finish now, just to reintroduce it. And right. People are never expecting it. Right. Yeah, that would be pretty great for actually that to come in. But now it would have to be something where you uh, sunset flip seven guys to get to the last guy in the line, and then they all German suplex each other into a. That's what it would come to now, right? God, I wish you were joking. No, that's what I'm saying. No, like I'm not... I'm agreeing with you 100%, unfortunately. Yes, and that to me is one of those where I go, ah. Like, it just yeah. can't be, uh, you know, it just can't be a thing because someone's going to take it and just completely uh, right. try to one-up it to something else. So, getting back to the whole concept of finishers. Yeah. I think that it's a very, it's a very difficult concept to get over now, and you have to toe the line between doing something that's flashy and something that looks effective. Right. And it's very difficult to protect things in booking. So if you, if anybody out there that might be a worker wants to get their finisher over, you have to talk to that booker and make sure that, hey, I want to protect this. I want to keep it so that nobody else does this hold. Sure. So then that's the only way that it will work and get over. Or master something that nobody else can do. Sure. That would be, you know, but I mean, what, what is that in the state? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it used to be a moonsault was a finisher. Right, you know? right. Now, see, I hate talking like that because this is the same conversation that's been going on um, recently in Harley's obit in Meltzer's letter where he talks about how, like, Luthez and the people of that area, that era, said Harley was a spot monkey. Oh, really? And the stuff he did didn't look real. Yeah. And then Harley came along and stuff after him. Well, that stuff, you're all spot monkeys and you don't look real. <laughs> right. Now right. it's still, you know, so it just keeps going and right. evolving. The line evolving. just keeps moving. Right. So it's hard to really express. You can't express a definitive opinion because your opinion is only correct for your right. era of perception. Oh, of course. Which is frustrating. But, you know, the sport changes. Do you think inevitably uh, progression of man stronger bigger faster all of that kind of stuff i know you're longer. giving me some weird longer girthier yes. they um Vini. eventually rest like the wrestling finisher and the expectation for the wrestling finisher was going to change there was no it's an, a constantly evolving thing that it was always moving in the direction of bigger flashier yes like, it was never not going to... Go ahead, Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Well, I guess on top of that, my big question going forward, do you think that there's a way to have wrestling without a finisher? And is that a good or bad thing? I think it exists now. Because I feel like the finish... like there. I feel when I watch these matches, the finish comes as a surprise out of nowhere. Every match, it's just yes, the... Yeah, there's there a, is tons no of moves setup. And there is. Up. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. But just for the counterpoint, I'm going to say, is, that, is it just matches that are doing that? Or are they just built in a way we can't see? Right sure. Now? I mean, I don't no, know. No, absolutely. Yeah. That, makes, that makes great sense, too. Um, and how do you... Like, how do you establish a finisher again and your your point is great you have to get out there and you have to get those squash wins if you're not putting out squash tv you're not it like nine times out of ten if you're putting a fairly popular wrestler against a fairly popular wrestler on free tv they're not going to 
hit their finisher, they're going to win by some kind of schmozzy win or whatever it is. So you're not establishing any finishers whatsoever. Exactly. Uh, you'd rely on the commentators to say, oh, he hit this move that he's so good at. Oh, it wasn't enough. Right. But you also have to have footage of that move working in order to educate the people so they can build it. Right. Do you ever uh, get frustrated when yes. uh, you're watching wrestling? Yes. Yes. And, like, so say you have Undertaker versus Big Show, and Undertaker is going to do a choke slam on Big Show, and you, as a viewer at home, sees it and goes, There's no fucking way that Big Show can jump more than three inches off the ground. This is going to look horrible. Why do they bother trying to do that stuff? Why do they put I that in? I don't think that match is going to happen right now. But that's what... Well, that's the story of that match, though. Can The Undertaker do this? But I don't think it is big? the story of that match. And I think that it gets... No, I, what okay. I'm saying... I think the, the match is the match, whatever. It gets to that point. And, but, like, wouldn't you rather... If you know you... If, if he knows he can't do the last ride, which is like that... Right. Weird, the lifting power bomb to him... Uh, he should. They should know enough not to do the choke slam because that sometimes looks like shit when you see them oh. apply. Okay, yeah. so in that particular case, you've taken away the last ride. You've taken away the choke slam. Do you think Big Show is going to get tombstoned? No, but he could get that urinagi. Sure, but here's the thing and with the thing that. Is this. That storyline is what. What's the finisher that the Big Show does? choke slam so true the idea is who's gonna get their choke slam in it's a i think for an audience member <coughs> it's a storyline that they want to see so whether or not they can perform it well they're just gonna Fair try enough. to do it no no he's got a point he's got a very good it's point. very similar to when uh the samoans would wrestle rocky johnson and tony yes yeah. and it was the headbutt yes no and i understand that i guess Racist. my <laughs> right very much so uh I guess my point being, and maybe I didn't, uh, I probably didn't say this square, because I totally get and I agree with Kyle, and I agree with you 100% in what you're saying. But my point being, no, because I'm, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm allowed wait, to change my opinion I'm and agree wait, with you I'm guys. You guys get all like, you guys are like, oh, this asshole. But I'm telling you, I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> this is that. It's not like, geez, it's like you fine. guys. That's fine. I'm still get, an asshole. I get what you're saying. But does it do a disservice to whoever you're working if you can't? get up for them to do something or do one of their moves to like actually even try to com commit to doing it in a match absolutely but if i'm that promoter i'm gonna turn around and say you better fucking find a way to do this or else you're going to memphis tomorrow fair you know, enough you know no i get it i get what you're saying i just think sometimes I'm sorry, developmental, developmental whatever they call <laughs> I, it no. i guess my point to it all though is i feel like there are sometimes where like a move like that undertaker one of his move is the choke slam if big show can't get up for the choke slam or somebody can't get up right. for the choke slam you're now doing damage to his finishing move because it you can't take it well enough if you're going to take it you need to take it you can't do the like oh he gave it to him but he didn't get all of it in there whenever they say he didn't get all of it means they fucked up the move well, yes does, uh, all those times steve austin Stunnered, uh, you know, all the like legends or whatever that were Vince's henchmen. Did that do damage to Stone Cold because all those stunners look like shit? Uh, I don't think so because I think it, I remember the first time Vince took one. Of yeah, them. and that was not good Holy at all. Shit, he yeah, just like, fell over the top. Yeah, and he kind of like straight legged it. Yeah. Uh, no, because I think in that, and 
you're going to say, but it's the same thing, but I don't think it is. I think you're selling the moment of him stunning these legends, but I think... That's the same thing. Yes. But in the match, Big Show, sure. Undertaker, they're not selling it as chokeslam versus chokeslam. They're just selling it as two big guys going against each other. And I'm saying it's a disservice to whoever you're working if you can't properly or you're not, you're too gassed or you just can't get up for it to do that. I think there's a big difference. Yes, I hear what you're saying, but at a certain point... You see my you point, can, but you, and you want to subscribe to my newsletter? No, no, because okay. I'm still going to say, if you can't get up for a freaking move, you shouldn't be in that Take position. It. That's yeah. it. Right. That's my point. Right. So I win. I mean, I mean that sure. we all agree. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, my, I guess it's when I'm... As thinking, I recall, Big Show took it okay. Okay, I was just using those two names as an yes. example. But can you, in your head, well, like, imagine seeing... I mean, didn't he just like... Didn't they just like fuck up the choke slam with Goldberg or something like that? Or yeah. is there something? I hate to talk new stuff, but I'm just saying there's. I think it's like a disservice to anybody's finishing move if you can't take it, like right. to to take that, and even then try to push it to make it work in a match. What do you well, do? Well, then as a professional, you should find some way to get around it. Have you ever had to do that? But in the, change my finisher for no somebody? change like you. Someone's like, hey, I do this as my finisher, and you're like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything you can come to mind? Uh, I don't like taking German suplexes. Okay. Because I don't want to get hit in my head. And I'm very nervous about somebody picking me up because I'm a big fat ass. And, like, if I don't think they can handle it. Like, I know recently there was a case of a student that wanted to do some big move for his finisher. And somebody looked at him and said, do you think you can pick anyone up? Well, no. Well, then... What makes you, you think, think you can do this? Right. Well, if everybody helps me, it's like no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Uh, conversely, do you think Kyle's next door neighbors have heard us talking loudly about Big Show and our, and they like oh, there's a bunch of guys just in there fighting about pro wrestling? They're probably, I, hope so. I hope that's what's happening. I hope that they are listeners to the podcast. They're like, they, they, think, they are every week. They're, <laughs> they're they're whispering. They think it's real in there. Sorry. So finishers have been destroyed. Yeah, you think they have? Yes. And it makes me sad. Do you... So you think if you Well, finishers have been destroyed, but there's still some tribal knowledge, especially in this area, about things like the sleeper or the claw. Yeah. You know, but that's just this area. So even in Texas, maybe the spinning toe hold is still a traditional finisher. Is there a finisher or finishers that somebody has done it so good, so often, so well, that nobody should be doing it? Case in point. Well, no. like Go ahead. There's answer, a lot. Answer your own question. No, 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 no. No, I'm going to say case in point. Like, the stunner was so iconic for Steve Austin. Should anybody adopt the stunner as their finishing as move? As their permanent finisher? No. Yes. No, because that would be taken as a tribute. Um, a couple years back, the claw would have been Baron Von Raschke. But right. I'm sure. I, I would love to see the claw come back. So yeah, just as something. Yeah, I've got a spot in my head. But is there any right. move that's so, like, you think is, like, I kind of feel like, unfortunately, the leg drop, the Hogan leg drop, even though, but that's so kind unbelievable. Of, but like, I mean, no that's... one's going to. People do it as a jokey parody, like, yeah. yeah, I'm doing the leg drop, I'm doing the Hogan thing. But but is that, like, a move that's so antiquated in its finishing move status that, like, clearly nobody could do it, but then it's just so related to Hogan. Yeah. What wrestler is going to come in unless it's, like, Johnny the Thigh, <coughs> like some guy with some big, fat, yeah, one, exactly. one big fat leg and he does it? 
you know? Oh, God, I'm picturing some guy that's got elephantiasis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, regular, regular John Merrick on one side of his body, yes. dropping a big fat leg. That's Not the elephant man. use that yeah, more didn't like he they use... A the super kicker or the DDT yeah where people will still use a leg drop it's just not as a finisher anymore because it's such an antiquated move I don't think people could believe it yeah right. super kick everybody thinks Shawn Michaels no nobody thinks Chris Adams but right what about well, like even like is anybody doing like something like the rock bottom feels like that's almost become I mean they call it like the so you're a nagi it's a you're a nagi but there's a variation that's, that's a legitimate judo hold right judo right but it, it's not the judo hold of him stopping and holding it and then up. No, no, the judo hold just the judo hold is like actual turn with the body, right? Yeah. It's like an actual turn with your body. That's what I'm saying. I know there's variations, but point being, like, is there? You know, I mean, I guess too. You look at like the macho elbow, the mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels elbow is. You know, it's like even down to whatever her name is, the uh, Asian girl. That does the big elbow. It's like from the top. Oh, oh Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie Zane, Kyrie Zane, or whatever her name. Oh, the is. one that lands on her hip. Yeah, it looks very, oh, very looks crazy. Brutal. But you know, it's like, and I, I just my, again, I, I it's like a move just gets antiquated and it's phased out. Like yeah. no one's doing the. I know Raven tried to bring back the uh, the the knee lift in like late nineties. Yes. Didn't really go over that well. I still love it. But I know. I love it, too. I think yeah. it's a funny, funny but thing. But see, that's the problem is those holds are based in reality. Like, if you're bent over and somebody jabs a knee into your jaw, you're going to get knocked down. Right. But the problem is people are now, they still look for bigger than reality yes. in wrestling. So it'll fit as a garnish, but I don't know if it'll fit in your main event. Uh, real quick, because we're going to be having to wrap up here because we're running out of time. Right, Kyle? Yes. He says yes. Your three favorite finishing moves of all time. Go. Uh, figure four leg lock. Uh, the claw from the Von Eriks. And uh, whatever Les Thornton uses this week. Oh, my goodness. Kyle, your fa- favorite three finishing moves. Oh, no. Gina Hernandez's crappy elbow drop off the top. Jeez. Uh, tombstone, stunner, and uh, the crossface. Do you hear that? That's his new wrestling fan, the Tombstone Stunner. Have you ever heard of that move before? Sure. It's like a tombstone. Is that two different moves or is that one move? Stop it. Why do you mock Why do you mock I'm not guy? mocking him. I'm pretending I'm talking to that guy at his the gym. His mom's not going to let him out to play with us. Fair enough. Time. We'll have to call Dave Meltzer's mom. Oh, zing. She was very nice, and I told a story on AEW commentary one time that uh, she had a cut on her leg. Normally, she goes swimming with her friends, but she had a cut on her leg. She can go swimming, so she just went and soaked in the pool, and she just luxuriated in it. She nice. used she used the word luxuriate. Fantastic. Yes. What are your three? My three favorite finishing moves. I don't know. Get out of here. I really I don't, don't actually know. know, but I came up. Well, with you put three. me on the you spot. Just, why'd yeah. you lie then, Kyle? Like I don't. Kyle I don't lied. Necessarily... Everybody. He just named three popular moves. I mean, I'm not seeking down wrestlers to see them do their okay, finisher holds, but if they can tell a good story that builds up to a here, sensible I'll hold. tell you what. Okay. I love the super kick from anybody if it connects well because I'm always fascinated that they're able to do it and not really blast somebody's head off. The skill of wrestling. I remember one time Kurt gave me a yeah. super kick on the left side and he hit me so hard that the right side of my neck hurt. Really? Yeah, it was fun. Uh, he uh, super kicked uh, one of our musical guests, and I said, "Did it hurt?" And he said, "He said it was very warm for a very long time on his cheek." Oh, because he scraped him. I, I, however, whatever he did, and I, but I think that a good super kick looks amazing. Yes. 
Um, I always thought that was really good. He's got a great super kick. Yeah. I just, uh, um, I don't know. I just think it has to be bombastic, if that makes sense. Like, I think I believe... Uh, Mr. Bombastic. Mr. Bombastic. Uh, I love a good... I'm, I'm fascinated... I'm fascinated by a solid, well-put-together, well-structured, high-spot finish. Like if, uh, for instance, we saw last week, guy does the shooting star press. If you can do a shooting star press and hit it perfectly, yeah, I love it. But you have to have the sell afterward. I hate a splash and the person giving the splash doesn't sell. That's why I was like Rob Van Dam's frog splash, yeah. that he took it. And then always sold the ribs for a second and then hustled over to make the pin. Right. That's the kind of stuff that I really, really, okay. really, really enjoy. Because there's realism in it. You yeah, absolutely. To... It's not just like a splash and you land on top of them and you lay there. Um, but that's uh, about it. Go back and watch the Samoan SWAT team for splashes. No, I know. Because they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> they just kind of went for it. right? They, boom, you're dead. I don't uh, care. Yeah, Kyle. You were talking about uh, finishers that you think should no one will ever use again or whatever and i think outside of like japanese wrestling i don't think anyone will ever use a tombstone after undertaker's retired at least for a while at least for a while i could see that tombstone's really big in mexico though oh is it the storytelling though like the tombstone is the the killer move down there it's called like el martinetta or something like that like that's that's kind of like how the pile driver was in Tennessee for a while. Like yes. you saw that, and somebody was getting carted out in a, you know, in an ambulance. Right, and I think um, the tombstone. I think there'll always be the variation of the tombstone where guys are doing some kind of shit where they're like wrapping around their waist and they end up in the position. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's always that, and then they end up in the tombstone. But would it be a finisher? That's a hard again. It can be. It, yeah, but that's but I agree. Like I could kind of see that. I mean, growing up in this area, the pile driver was always seen as the big finisher. I was. And now you've got Harley Race that used it as a high spot. I like, always popped huge for the Rock and Roll Express double drop kick too. By the way, of course you did. Uh, speaking of great drop kicks, and you should find it on the video, Kyle. Marion Fontaine gave Darren Corbin a drop kick. Yes. On last that was week, great. the other week, it was fucking on point. Yeah. Like there was that ooh. Yeah. And on stage, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yes. So Marion Fontaine, that was outstanding. No, allegedly there's footage of Tony Charles giving Bobby Duncan a drop kick that was used in the open of the Florida TV show. Yeah. And I heard a bunch of stories about it. One I heard was Duncan actually stumbled coming into it so he couldn't like protect himself properly. And Charles just comes up and takes his head off with it. So that was one of the wrestling is real kind of things where sure. you see like the spit fly and everything. I've always wanted to see it. I've always just read about it. Uh, my favorite and Kyle, if you've never seen it, I forget who it was, but the one where they drop kick Buzz Sawyer and he oh, literally yeah. launches out of the ring. Have you ever seen that, Kyle? No. It's pretty uh, outstanding. Like he flies like no other. But this wasn't a podcast about drop kicks. This is a podcast about finishing holds. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yes, that's true. Um, anything else to wrap us up, Derek? Uh, let's see what else is good for finishers. The the whole point of a finisher, though, was really a function of the storytelling. You know, to, to, this is the final chapter of what's going on for this match. So you're trying to build that expectation with that move every time. Yes. Once you've built that expectation, like once you've established the rule, then you can break it. Unfortunately, now it seems like we're constantly establishing and there's no real rules to come off of. And you're just judging your 
this this must be a finisher because it looks flashy right as opposed to something like oh uh any like uh finishers that look stupid yeah uh what was like the the u.s slam or whatever where you get the guy in the full nelson and then you both land on your butt oh that dudley did that yeah like didn't make any sense yeah and there's several moves like that that are just like okay like i guess that's something yeah, like, right it just doesn't make any sense at yes, all yes yeah so i there's a prolifer proliferation of finishes now that are like that to me that right. just like okay i understand what you're going for but in a fight that just wouldn't look good right. like on the five dollar wrestling somebody screws up an f5 <laughs> and cabana and marty are just laughing and they finally say i'm gonna take you and throw you on me as hard as i can sure yeah, right and that's what a lot of them look like um, and I'm uh, I'm not you in the sense that I'm not like uh, you never will be uh, wrestling sucks now, but I do find a lot of faults with it. And I think the biggest eye roller that I had recently was the was it the guy kicking out of the Canadian destroyer from like the it was some crazy oh. shit, and it was just like so why even do anything anymore? Like why even right. do any move whatsoever? And at a certain point, and you you see this in some matches, and I see this in death matches as well. But at, at a certain point, it's like, what does it take to put the guy away? Because you've now stepped out of any sort of logical storytelling, and you're just getting into the absurd. Right. Yeah. I the only way I think you can get away with kicking out of the Canadian Destroyer is if the next move after that is the guy who performed it gives you like a nice solid kick where maybe out of like just out of uh sheer will you accidentally kicked out of this thing but you're not kicking out of anything else right you know right or the listen to this kid book the show i know it's pretty good jeez or it's do the move again rob van dam style sell something in the effort of you doing it yes then crawl over you've given that person four or five good seconds to recover and then do it but it just kills. I mean, like, I see that, and I was like, this doesn't make sense. Likewise, what you said, the deathmatch thing. Some guy gets hit over the head with a gazillion light tubes, and the thing that pins him is him falling off of two rungs up from a ladder onto his back onto just smash light tubes on the ground. And you're yeah. like, what? Yep. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. There's I just mean, nothing to it. Good, good on cool those guys that, yeah. that yeah, do that because there's a very dedicated fan following. Absolutely, 100%. It's just... It, it it fr- it frustrates me because it's not what I want, but essentially right. it just looks. It's kind of like lucha to me almost. In that I understand there's an art to it. I just it's not something I want to do. Right. Well, very good. Speaking of something I don't want to do, that would be ending this podcast. But we've got to do it. We've come to the finish. We've come to the finish. One, two. I forgot to do a move. Two. I'm not gonna lie. The other night, everybody was into the two thing, and normally I hate people saying two. But I was really getting into it because a lot of fans didn't know what was going on. And it was fun to be like, two, two? Like acting like, was that a two? From the stage by the bell. People were into it. And then I said, fuck, I'm falling into the same shit that I don't like when I see it on modern wrestling. You've become what you hate. That's true. What is it? Uh, fight some. What's the Batman line? Like, you fight something so long until you become the problem or you become I what mean, you hate. Some uh, great responsibility. You die a hero or you live long enough, enough to, to become, become the villain. villain. Yes, um, with great power comes uh, great uh, uh, responsibility. What's another one? You'll never walk alone. That's Jerry Lewis. Yes. What What else is there? What, from the comic book? Anything. Give me a good tagline to get us out of here, Derek. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. I can't believe it's not butter. can't believe it's not Cody Rice. 
Oh, very good. Uh, yeah. Broke my nose. And broke your heart. No, well, broke my heart by breaking my nose. He really just gave me a bloody nose, but I've never let him forget it. Never forget. And that's your podcast for this week. This has been Cigars in Conversation with uh, Derek St. Holmes Esquire. This is fun. We should do this more often. I think we're going to, you guys. We're in season four, and we're feeling motivated to do more episodes. Uh, Remember, rate, review, leave comments. All positive, by the way. Don't shit on us. Send Uh, Send us money. Suggest topics. We'll, we'll do all that stuff. I uh, want to thank uh, Kyle for helping us out. want to thank Derek for being here all the time. I really do want to thank our legions, well, legions of fans or people that have given us comments about the show. We really do appreciate it. Uh, as usual, if anybody hears this and wants to contradict anything we say, please get a hold of us. We'd love to correct it. And, and go fuck yourself. I mean, yes, contact us on Facebook. Excited for season five. Yeah, excited, man. All right, we'll see you guys for season five next September. Take care.